0: Yo, what's going on, and welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells, I'm Him. And with this episode, you're going to be listening to it probably on Saturday morning, and you'll notice that there was no intro for this episode, and there will be no outro for this episode in terms of theme music. And that's because literally, I got home from the show that I was just at, I sat down and I started recording, and quite honestly, I thought if I added those pieces in, it would take away from just what I'm trying to do with this specific episode of Can We Talk About This. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I went to a fucking awesome show tonight. I still smell like beer. My hair is still a fucking mess. I still smell like shit. And I had to immediately sit down and start podcasting because there was a moment I wanted to share with you. And it has to do with the show I saw tonight. So usually when I start these episodes for the first five anyways, I go into a big not a big but a little bit of a like a diatribe or a little bit of conjecture as i've heard it been called uh just to kind of break the ice but i really just want to sit down and start podcasting it's straight to the point tonight um and with that you know the show i went to go see tonight was uh it was a day to remember and they had the band's bad omens and baretooth open for them and per usual uh seeing a day to remember this is my second time since october seeing them and october was you know about eight-ish, nine-ish months ago. Um, It it was just an amazing show then and it was an amazing show now. Per usual, Jeremy is an amazing front man. The the band sounds great. Uh, Their set list was great from beginning to end. But I actually really want to draw some attention to Beartooth. Um, They and also Bad Omens put on an amazing... I can't believe that these guys were openers. But these two bands put on an amazing show each. And specifically, I want to call some attention to the lead singer of Beartooth, Mr. Caleb Shomo. Uh, Dude, I had never heard your band's music until tonight. And there was a point right before the finale of your show where you started talking about what St. Louis meant to you and that you had family here and that even though your band is a really dope mix of kind of like pop punk and post hardcore, that even your grandparents come and support you. Now, look. Guys, my pops is up there in age and he hates all the music I listen to, but he'll still try to converse with me. So when you hear that, you hear like this dude who's definitely older than me, his grandparents will come to see a heavy ass show with a bunch of hooligans in St. Louis. First of all, I just got to give it up to your grandparents because that's gangster, bro. That's fucking gangster and that's loyalty and that's love. But he started going down what he loves about St. Louis and that he has a lot of family here. And when he talked about his grandparents... He talked specifically about his grandpa and he talked about that two years ago, his grandpa had been given the news that he probably didn't have much longer for this earth. Now I've lost a lot of people in my life. It never gets any easier hearing that news. It never, ever, ever gets any easier hearing that news. And he talked about that eight months ago, he, had put down alcohol completely. This is Caleb, the lead singer at Beartooth. And he had talked about what his grandpa had told him about essentially just what he learned about life and the biggest thing that he could take away and give Caleb now. And he told Caleb, focus on the journey and to let the present determine the future. And I think this is awesome for a multitude of reasons. Not only because I think it's the contributing factor that helped Caleb put down alcohol, which again, any addiction is hard to put down, brother. Like that's super, super hard to do. But in terms of how he expanded on it, he said that Caleb said that his grandpa alluded to saying, we're always trying to live in the future. We're always trying to live in the past. We're always trying to be three to four to five steps ahead. And yet we never appreciate this moment here. It's all about the destination and it's not about what it takes to get there. What you see, what you experience, who you meet, all the faces. And for what I imagine is not a worldwide, if not a national performing artist, like they get to have a lot of that. And I know personally what it's like to deal with substance abuse. While I don't believe I've ever been addicted to anything, especially, you know, like with all the stuff that I've been through, I'd be able to pick it up and put it down. I, I've been around enough people to know just how gripping substance abuse can be. And I thought it was a really beautiful moment to hear about this dude who, when he wasn't throwing himself around on stage, and Caleb, dude, you... Look, I was there for a day to remember, but I'm just going to say this. You guys probably had the best set out of that whole night. That's taken nothing away from Bad Omens. That's taken nothing away from Jeremy and the boys in the day to remember. Like, every set was fucking heat. But there was something about what you did on that stage, man, that really stood out to me and it connected with me. I'll get to my point in a minute, but to share your vulnerability with everybody, to share what it is that was really on your mind and really in your heart. Because technically when people come to St. Louis, at least typically anyways, they talk about how wild we are. They talk about how crazy we are. We talk about how dangerous our city is. A lot of us are super proud of that. And we don't really talk about the unity that this place brings. That feeling of unity is something you can have anywhere you go. But to hear someone speak so highly about St. Louis in a place, and you're coming here and you're talking about being alcohol-free for eight months, bro. That is one of the most amazing things that I was privy to hear and see. And so literally, you can ask anyone who I was with, after we got done talking, I immediately took out took out my phone and started typing down notes. And one of my friends who was there and I goes, what are you typing out? I'm like, don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a podcast tonight as soon as I'm home. I, I just, I gotta, I gotta talk about this. And so, you know, when I think about it, when I think about why that was so resonant to me, it honestly spans back to like the last days in October of 2021, about a time when I went to Springfield for the first time I saw a day to remember. <sighs> now, I sigh like that, and I'm not going to edit out that sigh because, you know, a few people know what I dealt with in this time, and it, it's it's really hard for me to be vulnerable. And again, I immediately got on this mic because by tomorrow, I'm not going to have a voice. My neck fucking hurts. I stink. <laughs> My voice is raspy as shit. But I, I gotta I got to tell you guys this because I know there's someone in a down moment who needs to hear this. And you don't need all the the flashy shit. You don't need all the editing. You just need to hear someone talk some real shit to you. I have a lot of positive memories of Springfield. And I also have a lot of negative memories of Springfield. And in both categories, there is a certain person that I was involved with for multiple years. And when I say involved with, we worked together. We were friends and it was understood to some level or another that we had feelings for each other now when you work with someone and you hang out with someone and you know that that feeling is there and it's it's mutual between the two of you it's something that it's something that really bothers you because the other person in the equation is already with someone and for all my faults which there are lots the one thing i never did was try to separate the person who I cared about from the person she was with because that's not right and many times it led to a toxic relationship between us not because I wouldn't split them up but because we were both too sick substance abusing freaking mentally ill people and if you ever hear this we already have all these cards on the table I don't hold any of them against you and so from years of working together and trying to make it work as friends We just couldn't do it. And for the two years that I left Springfield and literally didn't return for anything, I came back in October for the A Day to Remember show. I went into an old restaurant that I used to work at and she just happened to be there. And she'd been recently divorced. (laughs) It was messed up, man. It was really messed up because I wasn't expecting to see her. I wasn't expecting to spend this time with her. But when you see that person all those feelings come rushing back and as much as they did hurt me which is understated so far in this podcast I had to I had to really grow up and I had to really stop letting my feelings determine how I was going in life because you got to understand guys I got some mental illnesses that are that are very pressing that I haven't always done a good job managing and you add all the substance abuse you add all the trouble you add all the stress you add all the stupid bullshit I can make excuses about There have been situations and circumstances that have pushed me to really think about my mortality and how much I've wanted to go on. And something I've gotten really great about over the years is not letting a person of all things that I couldn't have lead me to those feelings. This girl had that power over me because I let her have it all those years that I was in Springfield. And by the time I saw her again, you know, eight, nine months ago, I was mostly over it, but I was still intrigued. And as I'm sitting there, I was hungover as shit because I went out the night before. I was literally getting away from St. Louis for the weekend, and Springfield is an awesome place to kick it if you know people there, because it's cheap, there's a lot to do, it's 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 a good way to stay entertained entertained for not much money. Well, I went to the restaurant, I was sitting there, I was hungover, and we started bullshitting, and she goes, I get off at four. So I humored it, I picked her up. And when I tell you, me and this girl spent the most awesome day and night together we spent the most awesome day and night together. We ate food, we drank, we bullshit, we played pool. And we finally could be open about how we felt about each other because there wasn't that other person in the mix. It was finally two single people who got to enjoy each other's energy, who got to really speak freely to each other. And it was like some shit out of a fairy tale. Now I don't believe in fairy tales. I tell a lot of stories, but I don't believe in fucking fairy tales. <laughs> but this was about as close as I had ever gotten. and. 28 29 years and so we ended up you know spending all day and night together the next day I had a day to remember show it was the main reason I was in Springfield and from the time that I dropped her off at her house because she had to work that night and you know she promised we would meet up that night something just felt wrong I didn't like where we were leaving things all those feelings from the past started to creep up. And so I met mostly the same friends that I was with tonight at the show. Fun fact, uh, <laughs> her ex-husband was there and was hitting on my friends. So, you know, cosmic irony, divine intervention, me telling you this story and how it's connected to tonight. Eh, maybe, possibly, I'll, I'll leave that up to you to decide. But the thing was, guys, is that the A Day to Remember show was awesome. Of course, I pulled a huge sap move. And if you like A Day to Remember at all, you know the song you want to send to the person who means something to you. If it means a lot to you from Homesick, it's it's a classic. It is an undeniable classic bop. Acoustic ballad, the la-la-las at the end. It's all about people that are in love. And when she didn't respond to that message, I was like, yeah, this is going to hurt. When the show got out, I went back to my hotel and she promised she'd meet me, but she never did. She said she wanted to say goodbye to me the following day because I had to get back to St. Louis. It was October 30th, that Saturday night. The next day day was Halloween. If you know me at all, Halloween's my favorite day of the year. More than Christmas, more than my birthday, more than anything else, I love Halloween. This was the saddest Halloween I ever had because I waited around for a couple hours And I never heard anything. I finally had no choice but to hit the road. And I got a text about an hour and a half into my drive. If you don't know, St. Louis and Springfield are about three hours apart. So I'm halfway home. (laughs) It's gotta be like three in the afternoon at this point. And she goes, oh my God, I slept in, I'm so sorry. Now look, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to believe that, but I'm not going to make a big deal of it either. But the thing about me is, guys, is that I'm a person who typically likes closure if a situation is important enough. I deemed this situation important enough. And I tried to brush it off, I tried to be cool, I tried to be collected. But I won't lie to anyone right now, I cried my fucking baby ass off in that car on the way back to St. Louis, listening to every sad song from my high school days until now that I could. Because as bad as me and this person were for each other, and trust me, we were awful for each other in a lot of ways, I couldn't change the way I felt about her. I still had so much that I wanted answered after all those years of turmoil and bullshit, And for just 24 hours together, where we had to reconcile and feel like people who could just be honest with each other and unleash all of that energy that had been pent up from so many different situations, some good, mostly bad. I, I left that day feeling worse than I ever did. And so I tried getting in contact with her after she told me, I slept in. She told me to take care of myself, which. I should have known right then and there that like, okay, this is really, really going to hurt. And I tried for a couple days just to be like, hey, like, I don't like this. I'm trying to be an adult. I'm trying to do the mature thing for the first time in our lives. And I was like, this all spanned from me going to a date to remember show. Because I got away from St. Louis for a weekend to go to Springfield to see this show. One of my favorite performing artists of all time. And i had no intention of seeing this girl but it happened like that i took a chance i rolled the dice and here i was on the other side of the equation with my clown makeup on i didn't get any answers i was there sitting there again worried about the past worried about the future would i see her again would i talk to her again how bad was this really gonna fucking hurt and for about Four months from November till about March. I really identified with Caleb and what he said tonight because whether or not it's before you decide to put down the substance of choice or whether it's during the time you're trying to get clean, when you're separated from something that has a hold on you, be it a substance or be it a person or be it both, that's some of the worst pain you could ever feel. I woke up every day for those four months mind you this is while i'm working at first form so i'm going about my day having an awesome day on the phone talking to all my people trying to make all their goals come true going to all my meetings talking with management making everything look and feel okay inside i was suffering i woke up every day fucking miserable i went to bed every night fucking miserable because i was too busy worrying about what was and what might be or what might not be instead of worrying about the present moment. And eventually I said enough was enough. I drove to Springfield one day when I was heading west because Springfield is west of St. Louis. I I made a 24 hour detour. I made it a point to say, I will have closure. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna make it happen. And the thing is, when you really know someone, you can typically figure out where to find them. There's a little coffee shop I know that we would always go to. And I thought about the time, I thought about the date. I was like, yeah, give it it a try. She happened to be there. Sat down, looked like she had seen a ghost. Now, I asked for some answers and I did get some, but I didn't get the ones that really mattered to me. And When I looked at the position, this woman that I really, really loved was in, I had to kind of stop and think because something I didn't know that she was going through is that she was finally stepping in the system for all the wrongdoing that she had did. It's really funny how people get attracted to, you know, their likeness. I'm a guy who's been in all kinds of trouble with the law. I've, you know, abused substances for five years of my life. I was a party animal. I was a bad guy. I was a wild card. I was a fire starter. She was all those things. In a lot of cases, worse. And I won't lie, that really got me going. But when I looked at her, sitting across from me at this little coffee shop, she looked miserable. In a lot of ways, more miserable than me. Turned out, all the shit that had caught up with her, she was stepping into the system for the first time, and she was actually on drug court. Now, if you don't know, you won't know. Uh, drug court and probation are not the same thing. They're pretty much the same thing. The one difference is in drug court, you have to take random drug tests pretty much multiple times a week. And you have to call a little number. They tell you when to come in. If you're not in by a certain time, you gotta call your PO. She was doing that. This girl loves to drink. <laughs> like I joke about how much I love Hennessy. She loves all alcohol more than I love Hennessy. And she was admittedly sober for you know, a few months. I was really happy to see that. She just didn't look happy. Now, I imagine me being there was not helping. But all the same, I wasn't leaving until I felt better, guys. Because to tell you the truth, I'm a guy that when I decide I want something, whether it's I want a new car or it's I just need to feel better, and it's a two-person equation, I do believe mentally strong people can get over it without that other person. But for what it's worth, guys, I suffered for two years while I lived in Springfield and I got over it for two years and then in one night I went through all this suffering now that's not her fault that's my fault but I had to make a point to myself here and now if I had the opportunity to fix something just like Caleb putting down alcohol I was going to fucking fix something and at the end of our conversation I didn't have very many answers I didn't have this this magical awakening based on the information she gave me Because quite honestly, I don't think she had answers. And I don't hold that against her. And for what it's worth, I can be objective on this podcast right now. It was, in a lot of ways, if not pretty much every way, wrong of me to use my knowledge of this person to figure out, hey, probably going to be at her favorite coffee shop at about this time. But fuck, I didn't care. That's what happens when you don't live in the moment. Now, when me and her went our separate ways, I will tell you this. Even though she didn't give me very many answers, even though maybe if this had happened a few months earlier, I probably would have felt worse. I felt so much better after doing that. And again, I get it. (laughs) A lot of people would say, I wouldn't go that far, dude. I wouldn't give someone that time. I wouldn't give someone that attention. I would treat someone who did that to me the exact same way. Oh, I'm nothing to you. You're nothing to me. Guys, if you legitimately care about someone and if they legitimately have anything to do with the emotions you feel, no matter how many times you tell yourself they don't matter, no matter how many times you tell yourself it's just alcohol, no matter how many times you go through these scenarios in your head and you come up with all the rationalizations, oftentimes you have to come face-to-face with what oppresses you. You have to come face-to-face with with what bothers you inside to see that it doesn't have to have that much power over you. I came face to face with this person who all the fun had been taken out of her life the way she liked to do it. She was completely normal. She wasn't bouncing off the walls. She wasn't out of her mind. She wasn't devious or nefarious or sinister or plotting or any of that shit. She was just a person. She was just a human being. And I was just a human being. And I had already been in her shoes. And it was at that point right then and there that I decided I could move on with my life. I could live in the moment a little bit more. I stayed that night in Springfield. The following day, I drove to Colorado. I almost spun off the road on 70 because a huge blizzard had hit. Some really nice dude pushed me out of the trench that I was in. Uh, If you have a Dodge Charger, you already know it's an awful car to drive when it's icy or snowy out. I spent a week in Colorado, for my birthday. I, I I won an award at work. I I was I was feeling so great. I was feeling so awesome. And tonight, when I heard Caleb talk, I had to relate the fact that this dude, talking about what had happened in the last span of time that he had gotten better, at a at a day to remember show, I had to remember, hey, in that exact same amount of time. I'm doing better. And I bet for both of us, whether it's reminiscing, whether it's thinking about his grandpa, whether it's thinking about alcohol, or if it's me thinking about that girl, we look back on those days right now and we feel a lot stronger for where we are. I'm not saying you have to go to the measures that we did, giving up alcohol completely. Even Caleb was like, guys, you want to party? You want to have a good fucking time? I don't have a problem with that, but I don't drink. At least not right now. And for what it's worth with that girl, we've talked since. Just checking, making sure you're still alive because we're both crazy. (laughs) And sometimes I wonder just how crazy we actually both are. I think she's doing well. At least I hope she is. I've, I've caused myself a lot of pain and a lot of grief. And as I near 30, it's August now. I'll be 30 in March. For all the the trouble and problems and grief that I have caused myself. Which there are stories, guys, that I cannot wait to unload to you. This is almost more like story time with Murph as opposed to can we talk about this with Murph. I think what's more important than just talking about how I fucked up is talking about how I fixed it. If you take anything away from this episode, guys, no matter what bothers you, you can face it and you can realize that it's just a situation it's just a person it's just a bottle it's just a problem at work it's just a problem with your 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 significant other it's just it's just and if you stop living in the past and if you stop living in the future if you let the present moment determine the future then you can have whatever future you want but if you build your life around hangups and what could have been and what should have been and all the regrets you have, then that pain will eat you up inside. I made this podcast tonight because I bet there are some people out there like Caleb and myself who, again, I'm not a national or worldwide recording or touring artist, but I am a guy with a platform and a mission and a purpose. And when I saw that and when I heard that I had to share it with you all. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you all for a few things. Number one, per usual, thank you for showing love to the podcast. If you could leave a review, if you could tell a friend, if you could share it to your Instagram, if you could leave me five stars, or even less, if you think this deserves less, on Spotify, I, I, it means the world to me. And I love sharing that you guys share it to my stories. I love sharing that all the time. That's my favorite thing that I get tagged in, on a daily basis. But, if you could find... Either the band Beartooth on Instagram or Caleb Shomo on Instagram. Caleb's handle is C A L E B S H O M O. If you could go send him some warm wishes for his grandpa and tell him how proud you are of him putting down the bottle, I would appreciate it. Because, dude, not only did you put on an awesome show, not only did you touch me with your story, But you had a platform tonight to connect with thousands of people here in St. Louis, Missouri, where you have family, where your grandparents came to see you. And it allowed me to have an amazing podcast session right before my voice went to shit. (laughs) So thank you. And thank you for the neck pain, my guy. And if this doesn't inspire you, cool. If it does, fucking cool. But if something bothers you, I hope you come face to face with it. Because if you don't, it will eat you alive. And on those days where you doubt how much farther you can go or how much you can take or that it's not worth it, I was having all those same thoughts. Yet here I am on August 13th, 1248 AM Central Time, St. Louis, Missouri, making this podcast trying to help someone out of that same place that I and Caleb were both in. With that guys, thank you for letting me talk about this really, really deep issue. As I said, there's not gonna be an intro and there's not gonna be an outro. If this podcast meant something to you tonight, please share it, please tag a friend, please let someone know, please leave a review. But more than anything, please keep fighting for that one more day, not one last day, one more day. With that, I'm out.